is the Welcome to Fatherhood podcast. I'm your host, my name is Kelly, and I'm here to remind you, however you're listening and wherever you're listening, that as dads, we're just like moms. Except we're dads. Ha ha! doing bro how's your family i'm i'm doing good family's good can't complain can't complain at all how you feeling feeling good man can't complain at all little man is growing wife is good she still wants to be married to me for whatever reason so (laughs) tell me me about it (laughs) so we good over here man no complaints whatsoever that's what's up likewise is there anything that you want to talk about in particular, first and foremost? Um, just, you know, about being a father, the daily grind of being a father. Uh, I know you're a new father. I've been in the game for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you'll see, it does get easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the kids grow up, but you never stop being a father. Um, that whole thing when kids turn 18, that's so not true. Ain't that the truth. Yeah, you're going to continue to be a father for the rest of your life. Um, and and you'll start learning stuff from your kids as well. Like, it's not always you just teaching your kids stuff. They're going to teach you stuff, too. They keep me on my toes, for sure. All right, so then let's start talking about that, then. Um, but before we do, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. I'm Maurice Farrell. Um, I met Pastor Kelly in an unfortunate situation. But, you know, everything happens for a reason, and I'm glad that I met you. Great gentleman. Uh, my family loves you. Appreciate everything you've done for us. Um, from the good state of Delaware. <laughs> and uh, that's that's me in a nutshell. You're a father to how many kids? I'm a father to a son that's 11. He'll be 12 in April. Mm-hmm. I also have a daughter that will be 8 in October. Yeah, so you have covered the whole gamut boy and girl and uh talk about what it was like when you first became a dad it was to be honest with you so my first child was my son and you know becoming a father i was fresh out of college um didn't know what to expect it's one of them things you never i always hear people say like you know um you know, I got to do this, I got to do that. I got to do this when I have a baby. I got to be ready. Get never ready. You get ready. Yeah. <laughs> I knew nothing about being a father. <laughs> I didn't take no classes. I didn't know nothing about changing no diapers. Like, it was, it's like, you ever seen, like, a bird cleaning his baby? Or it's, like, instinct. Like, yeah. it just happens. You know what I mean? It's different when it's yours versus, like, a niece or a nephew. So, it was one of those things that just happened, you know? I was 24 going on 25. I was a young man. Wait, wait, say that it again. Happened. I said I was 24 going on 25, mm-hmm. and it just kind of happened. Um, my wife was going through, it's crazy because she was going through, I had graduated, and she was going through her senior year. Mm-hmm. And even though my son wasn't playing, it was like perfect timing because she was going to, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going through nursing school. Her last day of nursing school was 
Friday. We had Reese on that Monday. <laughs> so it was like you know, she walked across the stage when she graduated, and Reese was only a month old. I had him in my arms, and he she walked across that stage Yo. after having a baby. So it was it was something. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are experiencing a whole lot of adjustments, right? Like graduation, moving into that post graduation life, a new baby. Was experiencing it all. I was experiencing it all because you know, I mean, you got to think fresh out of college, so we didn't have, we haven't purchased our own home or anything yet. We mm-hmm. haven't even started our careers. We both fresh out of college, um, so it, so we finally both start working. We had to work when we had this baby on the way, mm-hmm. or the baby was here at this point. Um, so we stayed with our parents to try to get on our feet. We didn't stay long. We wound up getting an apartment. Mm-hmm. Did our own thing, I mean, because we had a son now, and from there it was history, you know. Because now, now as being a father, like it's not about you no more. Uh, you got somebody that depends on you, like all that free time that we had and dating. It changes. Yeah. <laughs> it changes now. <laughs> now you got to be a father to somebody that depends on you. But the feeling was priceless, like. To, to think that your legacy carry on or you actually gave life to a person, it's unbelievable to me. And I, I wouldn't trade fatherhood for the world. Almost 12 years um, into it now with, with Reese, can you still remember some of the emotions that were kind of coursing through your veins, bouncing around in your mind the first time that you held them? I can remember the first time my kids was born clear as day. <laughs> clear as day. Like, I can't remember a whole lot of stuff, but I remember that day. Clear as day. Like, and I, I always, and, and the thing about Reese is he came out, he came out with his eyes open and he's still the same way. Like, he doesn't sleep. <laughs> we had to smack her butt to wake her up. And she, oh, listen, she need her nap. She'll tell you in a second, like, listen, I'm about to go ahead and take a nap. I can't. I don't know what he's doing, but I can't function. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, it, it's crazy that, I mean, I am not as, you know, deep into it as you are. But still, like, nine months, like, I don't remember what I did two weeks ago, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. every time I think about, especially now that we're inching closer to my son's first birthday, my wife and I, we've been talking about it and it's like, man, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when that happened? With like pinpoint accuracy, precision. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about what that day was like. Yesterday I was leaving work and I came across one of my colleagues and we were catching up and inevitably she was asking me about the baby and all of that. And then I was telling her, you know, just kind of recounting what that entire week was like. Like, I remember what that Tuesday was like all the way to that Friday. Mm -hmm. As if it had just happened, like, you know, last week or something. Yep. So, now go ahead. This this stuff you will not ever forget. You just don't. Especially uh, for fathers that are around, like them, them moments are are priceless. You, just, you won't forget it. During those early uh, weeks 
and months. Matter of fact, let's just talk about the, the first year of you and your wife becoming parents. Um, mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you, if you can recall, um, in terms of how people were relating to you in particular now that you were a dad? So for me, um, I have a great family support and so does she. So like as far as the support went, it was excellent. Mm -hmm. um, I will say because I have two kids, it was a tale of two stories. For sure. Okay. Um, Aaliyah was a total different baby than Reese. She slept through the night. She might have got a one time, mm -hmm. got a bottle. Mm -hmm. She was good money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Reese, every couple hours, and at the time, I was working. So I'm, I'm a new father, and I haven't started my career yet. I'm working all the way by... Uh, in Melbourne, PA. So I'm getting up early and this little dude is up every second. They ain't let me get no sleep. And then it, it was crazy because I'm getting up in the morning to drive to PA. My wife's working in a hospital in Maryland, but she's working overnight. So our schedules is overlapped. So none of us is getting no sleep because mm. <laughs> letting us. So that, that, that first year with him was, <laughs> was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you find though that people were kind of given more i don't want to say more attention but that people were kind of like um nodding more towards what mom thought what mom wanted to do and not necessarily giving as much importance to you or your input when it came to how to take care of them absolutely um, nobody stepped on my toes when it came to taking care of my kid because I wouldn't let that happen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mom always going to get that attention. Sometimes dads get forgot about and we play an important role in our, our kid's life too. Um, so, because I mean, I was, listen, listen, I was getting up, fixing bottles as well, mm -hmm. changing diapers. I was doing everything mom was doing because mm -hmm. he wasn't breastfed. So, I was, I was I was just as important role as she had. So did I. Was there ever was there ever a moment where you had to like check somebody right quick and just be like, "Yo, I mean, I'm here too." So I don't think that she does it on purpose. Mm -hmm. My mother in law, mm -hmm. I know she doesn't do it on purpose. She comes from a good, it comes from a good space, but she's very overprotective. And sometimes I think she's like, hey, are you okay? Or oh, I can take it. And I'm like, I'm cool. I got it. Like, yeah. like it's cool. Like, <laughs> it's my kid. Like, she still sometimes does it. Like, I can come get free. I'm like, he's cool. Like, I'm an expert at this point. Yeah. So um, I want you to talk a little bit more about like uh, how you, how you handle that from your standpoint. That was one of the things that I had, um, trouble dealing with during those first, you know, weeks of bringing the baby home and just kind of having, you know, people. So context is everything, right? My son was right. born May of last year. So we were at the start of the pandemic. Okay. So as a result of that, there weren't people, we weren't allowing anyone to come to the house except for immediate family. 
And thank right. God for them, bro, because we was tired. We were hungry. So for like that first month, we didn't have to worry about uh, cooking or anything like that. My mom and my in-laws, they were wonderful. And they just came like my father-in-law would open a door to the house because he has a key. He'll open the door mm -hmm. to the house, leave food in the kitchen, close the door behind us, behind them. And we're upstairs passed out, homie, like passed out. And we would wake up to food prepared for us already. So that was awesome. So because right. of that, we didn't have enough. We didn't have family that were constantly in the crib, just like, you know, watching our every moves. We didn't have family in the hospital um, trying to tell us how to do or what to do or anything like that. But still, it was usually calling to check in on how my wife was doing and mm -hmm. and and not necessarily calling to see how we all were doing. We're doing, yeah. So, uh, I, I, did you have a similar experience? I, that, it happens all the time. I think uh, <laughs> I don't want to call fatherhood a lost art, but I think when you think about raising a kid, it's always identified as mom's job. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's always mom's thing. So sometimes dads can be forgotten. It's like we only remember it on Father's Day sometimes. But <laughs> um That's yeah, facts, it, though. It, 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 it happens. Um, you know, uh, I think for me, personally, um, I'm so involved when it comes to my kids that, you know, I, I can see, like, my parents or somebody calling, checking on my wife and seeing how the kids are. But like, as far as like my involvement in my kid's life and being there, like I always was there. So, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I never really got that part. Um, and then like when we was raising little Reese, like even though we was at my in-laws house at the time, mm -hmm. they was both still working and all that. So like, we didn't really get the help. Cause everybody and then her, her siblings were younger, so they were still in school. Mm -hmm. So basically, like it, even though we were at home with the in laws, and you would think that we'd have got help, everybody got was doing their own thing. Everybody's working, so mm -hmm. you know what I mean. It was kind of like we had different schedules. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know I mean, usually when her parents or whoever were at work, she was home with the baby. And then when she got off and getting ready for work, I was home with the baby. Then everybody got to like, wind down, get ready. So it was like a new thing, you know what I mean? That, that their first grandchild, so it was new for them. <laughs> yeah, um, wasn't new for my mom because my brothers have a lot of kids, but for her family, and that's what we were standing at the time. It was new, you know what I mean? First yeah. grandchild, was yeah. New. So I'm sure he got spoiled as hell. Yeah. So <laughs> her dad, we first told her dad about us having little Reese. He was he's always like cool, collective. I think her mom was more like, wow, like, I don't think it was a knock on because we had been together for a long time and mm -hmm. we had a great relationship. It wasn't no knock on me. I think it was, damn, I'm about to be a grandma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, type thing for her. But um, it worked out. Like I said, uh, I, I had to learn on the fly when it came to fatherhood, like, I ain't even knew I knew how to change the diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> now I feel like, and it's been a while. It's been a while, but I still feel like if I had to do it again, I'd be an expert. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
The crazy thing for me, bro, is that especially with new parents and, you know, this dynamic that that we're talking about and that moms get the benefit of the doubt. And it's like it's like there is this you're expected to defer to mom. Right. Uh Even even though your dad like you helped out, you know what I'm saying? Like. Baby wouldn't be here if if you weren't involved and. You want to be as hands-on as you possibly could. It always feels like um, you're expected to defer to mom. So what does mom think? You know, uh, how does mom want to dress the baby? How does mom want to feed the baby? How does mom want to hold the baby? How does mom want to? And it's just like, wait a minute. When was the last time mom was an expert in motherhood when we're both first-time parents? Yep. Right. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants to talk about the maternal instinct, which I don't doubt whatsoever. But let's not pretend that dads don't have instincts either. Right. Like we absolutely do. We absolutely do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me that that was so uh, hard to to be introduced to, you know, on the fly like that when also trying to figure out. And like you, bro, like I didn't know that. I had the skills that I had or that I was discovering at the time. Cause it was just like, you know, you just got to do it. Like little man is crying and you got to figure out why he's crying. Mm-hmm. So is he hungry? Nah, we just fed him bet. So he's not hungry. His diaper dirty. Nah, his diapers clean. We just changed them. Okay. So he's gassy. Great. How do we get this air out of him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do we beat it out of him? We probably don't want to do that. He's a newborn. Okay, so do we squeeze it out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, exactly. They don't come with directions. <laughs> they don't come with directions. They, the, the doctors hand it to you on when they're born and figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, just go ahead and go home and see you when you have the next one. And you're like, whoa, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I go. Like, hey, figure it out now. But it's funny that you say that. You uh-huh. know, uh, listen to what you just said about like how they defer. Uh, even like because my kids are a little older now, even till today, like they still defer to mom because mom is the one that like is looked at as like the caregiver. Um, yeah, you know, what I mean? like mommy took care of me. Mommy gave me beds. Like that's what they remember. Yeah, mommy's feeding me. So they still, you know what I mean. Depending on what the situation is, they still defer to mom. You know, and it still happens. Like it's just a natural thing. They don't do it on purpose because they love mom more than dad. It's just, oh, it's mom. You know what I mean? How, the, the way we look at moms and the way moms are, are you know, looked at as caregivers, it's automatic thing almost. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, fathers are looked at as being the protector, the strong one. Like I'm the one that's gonna protect the house and do this, that, and the third, but, you know, like, no, it's okay to, and that's what the father should be. I agree with that. But, uh, it's okay too to, you know, like, I got a role in this thing too. I can cook dinner. I can can wash it up. I can pick your clothes out. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Is that sense of, of, of both being mutually exclusive 
that I think that's where the problem is. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I'm not just the protector. Like, bro, you've seen me, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not the biggest dude in the world. I'm not the strongest dude in the world. You know what I mean? Right. And so in terms of like physical strength and all of that stuff, like if somebody comes and breaks in the crib, I mean, I'll put up a fight. But if that person is bigger and stronger than me, I mean, one smack and I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know my limitations. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, yeah, I'm the strongest dude. Like, I, I'm the rock. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that expectation is automatically placed on me because I'm the male of the house. And I welcome it 100%. Right. But on the same hand, to your point, uh, the other associations or the other things that are being associated with mom, you know, the, the tender one, the caregiving one, the, you know, the all knowing one, the one with the, the unquestionable instincts that doesn't get readily associated to me. And I'm like, well, why not? If, if I'm also right. doing those things, you know what I mean? Like if, right. if, if I'm also here and I'm also nurturing and yeah, I could, I could cook dinner. I I could, I could bathe my son. I could pick out his clothes. I could change them. I could, my wife goes to work uh, every once in a while overnight at her side gig. And who's the one who has to stay with little man? Daddy is, you know what I mean? And he goes to sleep at night and thank God he wakes up in the morning, you know, fully intact. His eyeball not hanging out. His, his limbs aren't hanging off. You know, like I could take care of him, but it's that mutual exclusivity that, that bothers me. It really does. When, when it seems like moms get so much, everything gets deferred so much to mom. And dad is just kind of further and further pushed out into the fringes of parenting, but then something pops off, right? Especially for me and you with, you know, raising young man, something pops off. And the first question they're going to ask society's going to ask is not where was mom. They're going to be like, well, what was that young man's dad? Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. And to and me, that doesn't see, sit well. And you hear it a lot too. Um, in our uh, African American households, because a lot of families don't have, like, I didn't grow up with a father in the house. Mm. Um, I know my dad is. I have a relationship with my dad, but he wasn't in the house, mm-hmm. and. A lot of families are raised that way. And then you hear like, can a mother raise a father, uh, son, and this, that, and the third. But and my mom did an excellent job. Like I don't take it up, but you know, what things have been different because I look at my wife's situation and mm-hmm. she had both parents in the household, and they and all the kids turned out great. So did my mom's kids too. But it was just a different atmosphere. Sure, yeah, having both parents in the household. Um, it teaches you something, you know what I mean? Because your kids are, this is a lot of people don't uh, understand either. And you'll, you'll start to understand it when your kid gets a little older. They, you are their first superhero, their first everything, their first role model. Everything you do, mm-hmm. they model after you, they're watching. And I tell a lot of my friends who relationships don't work with their kids, like, I always tell one of my friends, like, yo, listen, however the relationship is with you and your big mom, respect her. Because it's always going to be your kid's mom. 
Facts. And they're always going to look at her as mom. Facts. So whatever your relationship is, make it work. Even if it's in front of the kids, because, for example, we both have moms. There's nothing my dad could do. Mm-hmm. My mom always going to feel some type of way. Like, that's my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, it, it's different. So, when that so this ain't about us anymore. Once you become a father, like, you are setting an example for your child. Everything that you pour into that child is coming from you. Everything is a learned behavior. Even, like, like all this racism stuff, no kid is born racist. Facts. That's something that's learned. So because we're teaching our kids how to be young adults, even though we might not think that we are and think they're not watching, they watching us constantly. And they want to mock and do what dad does, what mom does. So for, for us as parents and as fathers, we really have to set the bar high because your kids are watching, you know, and it's going to be, and you're going to, you'll be surprised. Like when they get older, you'd be like, or when they get older and they start having kids, it'd be like, yo, dad taught me this or certain stuff that I'd be instilled in them from what you did. You didn't even think that you was doing. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's what's important. And it's, it's missing in a lot of black households. And I think that's where we get the, the you see kids acting out in school because they, they missing something. Yeah, um, yeah. Because they missing something. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's why I support, and like, I, I take my hat off to black fathers that's in the household because I know, like, I don't want to get into a race thing. We're talking about fatherhood, but it was kind of designed to keep the father out the household. Like, even like welfare, like, if a, a certain a parent can't make as much money on welfare as the father's living in the house mm-hmm. that takes the father out the household uh, I think that that system is wrong you know what I'm saying like, we should never take the father out of the household facts or put him in jail for not paying child support well that didn't help the child <laughs> at all like yeah I think it would be a way that you should pay your child support or you should support your child if that's the case or already I got set up but it doesn't help if I'm in jail how can I I'm now I can't be a father and I can't pay the child facts Nah, you, you, you listen, man. If I if I if I was a a DJ, you would be dropping some bars on the beat. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I remember uh, growing up, my mom. I remember hearing my mom saying this often, and she still says it to this day. And I'm curious to hear what your opinion is on it, because I'll tell you my my opinion right now. I vehemently disagree, but. Okay. She, <laughs> I'm setting you up already. <laughs> but um, she would say, you could have a hundred fathers, but you like like a, a child could have a hundred fathers, but they can mm-hmm. only have one mother. Hmm. That uh, that's a strong statement. That's a very strong um, statement, which is why I, I vehemently disagree. I will have to disagree with that as well. I have to disagree. I get what she's saying because somebody can play a father figure in your life. Somebody can play a mother figure in your life and only one mom can give you birth. I get that part, but a father helped in that process too. So basically, so you can only have one father as well. That that's that's you the whole play. premise of my that's the whole premise of my position right here. <laughs> yeah, 
winner. You can only have one. Somebody can play a role in your life and somebody can step up. Yep. And be dad. Yep. Anybody can be your dad. Yep. Now I agree with that. Only one person can be your father. Only one person can be your mother. Fact. The person that gave you birth. That's it. And last time I checked, what that role is after that, that's something different. Last time I checked, it takes two people to help give yeah, birth to one person. Yeah, like mom didn't do it by herself. Nah, I mean I know we have technology and we, you know, medical advancements and all of that stuff, but you still need the participation of one person plus yeah. the participation of another person in order to bring one life. Correct. So, <laughs> yo, and and the crazy thing is, Reese, when, you know, like I said, I, I, growing up hearing my mom say this, I grew up in a home where my father was, he, he was a shadowy figure. And I've said this on this podcast before. The first recollection I have of my dad was when I was 10 years old. And then the next time, like, I started living with him for a significant period of time. I was probably um, 13, 14 around that time. And so um, all of my life, the only consistent parent that I know is my mom. Right. So my mom raised me and my sisters. You know, my mom educated us. My mom instilled all the values that. We have today as uh, young adults now, as adults, all came from my mom. And so I understood. So within that context, I should say within that context, whenever she would make that statement, right, I would be like, yeah, I mean, I guess it does make sense because mom Dukes has been here the whole time. Like she's the only parent I know. Right. But now that I've crossed the threshold from being a child to now also being a parent. It's like, wait a minute. Maybe I do agree with the essence of what I think she's trying to say. Mm -hmm. And if I have to put all those qualifiers, does it really mean that I understand what she's trying to say? But with the statement as is, number one, I disagree with it because I know that my wife would not have been the mother of our child if she and I were not husband and wife and we were and we did the thing that we did for little men to get here. Right. That's true. So so like you said, just like someone could step up and be a father figure, I mean, I'm not gonna front. Let's not let's not front and say that there are not circumstances where someone could step up and be a mother figure. I I have a similar situation. It, it can happen. It doesn't happen. You don't see it as much, but it happens. Uh, my older brother. But hold on, hold on. Be- before you go into the story, it doesn't happen okay. as much or mm-hmm. when it does happen, we don't give it as much uh, spotlight as when it happens when a dad is there or is not there. Exactly. It's almost like a double standard. Um, yes. And I, and I say that to say because, like, my brother had custody of his son, his youngest son. Okay. And his, her, his mom has some issues, and she wound up passing away early in life. Mm. And my, my son, I mean, my, my nephew, 
was raised by my sister-in-law. Like, she does a good job with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like, like, for example, right now, you're a great father. You do everything possible. You go to work. You take care of your kid, right? Mm-hmm. Let you go in the courtroom and say, you, you, let something happen between you and your wife. God forbid that never happened. And you get in, some, in front of somebody's courtroom. Who's going to get custody of that child? She is. Absolutely every time. Only way you get in custody of that child is if mom is on drugs or whatever. But the, the male doesn't have to be on drugs. The male can be the perfect father figure. And you still will not get access to that child. You might get joint custody if you got your stuff going to get together. But you think you're going to get custody? That's like, at least the mom, this is the only way you get in custody in the court. At least the mom is willing to give up that right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got a friend, bro, a really good friend of mine who is in that same boat right now. He is, I mean, he's a stand-up guy. He's not a perfect guy. So let me start by saying that. He's not a perfect guy. He himself has admitted to me that, um, you know, he did not handle the things that he should have handled properly at one point in his marriage. And so things got a little dicey, whatever. Things happened between husband and wife. Um, they separated. I don't know if they're divorced or not. Um, but mom got custody of, of his kids. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter what he does or it doesn't matter how, you know, he, he tries to prove that he is able to, to, to do things mom has custody of the kids. That's Mm -hmm. the end of the story. Every time there is a court hearing and he goes to court, he ends up coming out of court, having to pay even more money in child support. (laughs) And, and mom is mom is a working professional, right? You know what I mean? Like mom is a working professional and he's the one that has to pay child support. And it's, I mean, Yo, it's so, it's so crazy. And, you know, let me just stop right here and say, this is not bashing women. This is not bashing moms. This is not uh, um, casting any negative light on motherhood. Right. And I say that to say, it's easy. This conversation that we're having can easily be taken into those avenues and completely derail the point that we are highlighting and that it it, it shouldn't be a matter of, you know, just because moms have this, I don't know, inherent thing that makes them more capable than dads. Like, I don't know where that comes from. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where that comes from. So, so why, why is it that, it takes two people to to produce a life and one of them gets more um, gets an easier route than the other.
And that's not to say that um, there aren't plenty of, of examples where us dads, we have dropped the ball. Like in just this conversation, right? In just this conversation right now that me and you are having, like we we agree that like my father was not in the picture. Your father was not in the picture growing up. So like that in itself is a dropping of the ball, right? So so ain't nobody saying that that is not true. But yo, like how many times do we hear stories of of uh, mothers abandoning their kids mm-hmm. of, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it happens both ways. It does. It does, but it goes unnoticed the other way. Um, and sometimes it's a, for the, for the great moms too, like you said, we're not bashing moms here because it's an unfair expectation for them sometimes too, because you know, so much is put on them. The expectation is put on them to be the caregiver to always be there, just that and the third. So it's an unfair expectation for them too. But again, like you said, it happens the other way too, but you don't hear about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh, well, it's dad. It's always like, it's just dad. That's how we view things. It's just dad. Uh, even when it comes to being a, a, a man, you know, we're raised to be, like I said, to be the protector, to be strong, to be this, that, and the third. That mentality is the reason why women live longer than us. You know what I mean? Because we we don't show as much emotion. We we're taught to be strong all the time, to 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 be this, that, and the third. But no, I'm not that kind of father. I kiss my kids. I tell them I love them. Mm-hmm. I do all that. You know what I mean? Because it's important. You know, it's important. Society makes us think that's how we're supposed to be. But why is that? You know what I mean? I get that we're the male figure, we're the head of the household. Certain expectations is there, but again, like you said, that that you're not doing this alone. That that share responsibility should be equal. And it should be looked at right. as equal. But yep. unfortunately it's not. You know what I mean? And and like I said, society makes us think this is how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Dad is just like the figure in the house that's making sure everything runs well. And he's just a pricker that you see that, you know, oh, here's another thing, too. Like, if you ever see your kids get in trouble, the first thing mom does is dad. You know what I mean? So now you're looked at as, as the discipliner, as the, you know what I mean? Oh, you, you, you're the bad guy. Yeah, you, I'm that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's how they paint dads in the household. You know what I mean? So I, and I and I tell my wife all the time, like, you don't need to call me to tell him to do something. Tell him to do it. <laughs> you, know I mean? you, don't, you don't need to hear my voice to know you know what I mean and I get why moms do it but you know that's another way that's another expectation that society has put on us so that's why they do it like oh wait till you well, oh you don't hear what I'm saying wait till your dad you know what I mean and I get it you know what I mean? you're, the, you're the father figure you know what I mean but it paints a different picture for us and it puts us in a different category that we you know what I mean that's the yeah. expectation when expectations should be I'm a parent. Doesn't matter if I'm a father or mother, I'm a parent. Yep. And that's what I think gets lost sometimes. We separated by father, mother, where when it's it takes a parent to raise a kid. It takes parents. It takes they say it takes a village. It ultimately does. So I I like to like get away from 
mother father thing. We're parents. We're doing this together. We're figuring this out together. You didn't do this on your own. We figured this out together. He came in this world, and we both had the same responsibility from day one. So, talk a little bit about how your upbringing, um, some of the challenges that, because of the way in which you were brought up in the household that you were brought up in, uh, some of the challenges that you experienced when you became a dad, and how that might have even prepared you for that journey? So growing up, I was the youngest of four boys. And so I always had my brothers in the household. Um, My mom did a good job raising us, even though my dad wasn't Mm -hmm. physically living in the household. He did a Mm -hmm. good job of, and then my family did a good job of like always, like I come from a loving family. So they always instilled that in me. And Mm -hmm. I think, so growing up I always was like, damn, where, why is my dad not around? Mm. Even though I knew who my dad was, even though I had, I used to go over his house on weekends and stuff like that. Like I never really mm-hmm. spent time with him. Like I used to get over his house and I was outside the whole time. Um, and I never understood why it took to, for me to be an adult to see. And I think this helps me be a, a better father. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. I ever hated him. I always, because my mom did a good job. You know what I'm saying I never wanted for nothing. She did a good job. I always, you know, I was, a, I played basketball as a basketball star growing up, high school, college, all that good stuff. Like no dad at the games, nothing like that. And I never understood mm-hmm. why until I got older and mm-hmm. I looked at my dad's life like, damn, like my dad came up from a rough beginning. Now, and I looked at his life like he's never, until this day, my dad finally just, finally getting his own stuff he always lived with a woman always depend on a woman that's how he was and he just his his family support was totally different than my family support you know what I mean? like wow. it was totally different he had a lot going on so I, and now i don't hold it against him but i kind of it's as crazy as it sounds i'm kind of thankful the way it went because i think it made me a better father um because i mm, wanted okay. to be i didn't want to be absent i didn't want to make that excuse of i didn't care about why whatever my life was and my dad reminds me all the time like my dad calls me every day and he and he reminds me often like you're a great father and i think him saying that is saying like damn like i wish i could have been that great father that you are to you you know what i mean and i know he doesn't Mm -hmm. know how to say that to me but that's what i think he's saying so my upbringing with my mom showing me love and just that in the third and my brother, one of my brothers that's a year older than me, having a kid young, his daughter was at the house. Like my mom showed the ultimate support. His baby, his baby mom at the time was living with us. Like she always showed love. So to me, like it was like firsthand nature for me to just to be a good father because that, I never saw anything different but love. Even though his mom was the one raising me, she did a good job. And I didn't know who my dad was. It wasn't like he was the kind of dad that'd be like, yo, like if I call him, he'd be like, I don't want to talk to you. Or, he always had love. He just didn't have it. <laughs> he didn't have yeah, anything of his yeah, own. Yeah. The love factor was there, but he just wasn't there. I mean, I don't think he knew. Everybody that has a child isn't ready to be a father. Right. Uh, I don't know if he knew how to be a father at the time. Well, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So like, I know nothing about my grandpa. I, I know nothing about him. Like I never heard my dad even talk about his father. Uh, far as mm-hmm. I know, I don't even think, I think my aunt raised my dad. So that again, you know what I mean? Shows you like 
his upbringing was different where my mom comes from 10 kids mm-hmm. and my grandpa was a preacher and they was together until my grandpa died. So she saw the two parent household thing. She saw what the love was like. So everything that she was instilled in her, she instilled in us. So mm-hmm. for me, you know what I mean? It was like nothing. Like, you know what I mean? It was always love. Same thing with my wife. She saw the two parent household thing. So it was nothing for her. You know what I mean? That's why she's a great mother. I think it's, it, it speaks volumes to, um, you know, be able to understand the history that we come from in, in order to, to shape the way in which we ourselves create a history with our children. And I think, like, like you said, you know, becoming a parent just kind of softens you a little bit more to, or at least makes you a little bit more empathetic towards your own parents. Um, you know, me and my father, we don't have any, any relationship whatsoever. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not able to empathize and understand um, the reasons why he might be the way that he is. Like you, I don't know anything about my grandfather from my father's side. In fact, the little bit of history that I know about my dad, I don't even think he knew who his biological father was. I might be wrong in that, but I don't think he, uh, I don't think he, he knew who his biological father was. His, my grandmother's husband, I think was a second husband or something like that. So, you know, there, there's all of that. So, you know, now as a, as an adult, as a parent, I can look back and be like, okay, like clearly in terms of opportunities, education and all of that stuff, you know, it it was different times. My family made great sacrifices to be very fair. My mother made great sacrifices so that my siblings and I could uh, be the people that we are today you know, by coming to this country and, and taking advantage of, of the opportunities available. And so my father didn't have that, you know what I mean? Like parents end up sacrificing. We end up sacrificing so much for our children. And it's not until I became a father and a parent that I was able to look back and, and really appreciate the sacrifices that my mom made for us. So, so I think it's, it's, it's very perceptive, it's very important to reconcile to some degree that history, um, you know, to be able to, to understand like where, where do I fit in all of that and how do I use this knowledge to shape how I move forward with my family. And quite honestly, if somebody doesn't do that, I think they're doing themselves a huge disservice. I definitely agree. have a couple of minutes left um and i want to say first and foremost thank you for 
this conversation that's been very enriching. Um, I'm going to give you the next several minutes to go ahead and address your children and, um, you know, take it, take this time to, to tell them whatever you want to tell them, how proud you are of them, how, how much you love them, but don't, don't say it as if you're talking to me, pretend as if they're the ones who are there listening to you. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking as if my kids are in the room. Yeah. As if your kids are in the room. I tell, I tell my daughter every, um, if I was talking to Aaliyah right now, we'd be telling her like how proud I am of her, how beautiful she is. Um, one of the things I tell, I ensure in my kids, this is, I believe that if I tell her every day that she's beautiful, she'll believe it. I want her to believe that. My whole thing is like, and I tell her this, Lily, I love you. Um, I'm so proud of you. Keep working hard. You can do it. Because two things that I do know is it's going to be a little harder for her. She's born brown. That's the reality of it. She's a woman. They don't get a fair mm-hmm. shot either. So she's a black woman in America. Fact. You know how that goes. Secondly, right. Unfortunately. I also understand that, you know, I'm going to always be dad to her, but she has that her childhood is a short period of life. Being an adult is most of your life. And she got the whole world to say that they don't care about her because that's what happens when you get older. So, mm. and so for me, you know what I mean? I'm always going to say, I love you. I'm always going to show her. I take her out on dates. I show what love looks like. So when she's out of my possession, hey, baby girl, I'm not going to put up with that from no man because my dad didn't treat me that way. So yeah, Leah, I love you. You're beautiful. Keep working hard. I'm going to keep instilling it in her. And for Reese, same thing. Like, I love you, son. You know what I mean? I tell him I love him just like I tell her that I love him. Uh, I might not kiss him on the cheek mm-hmm. like I kiss her on the cheek, but I hug him. I show him that affection. I show mm-hmm. him that, you know, you got to work hard because same thing with you. You're a brown man in America. Um, you also know what he's went through. Um, and him to mm-hmm. have the attitude that he has about that all the time. I don't want to lose him. You know what I mean? His confidence could easily be mm-hmm. gone from a situation like that. And it has mm-hmm. not been. It's been excellent. And mm-hmm. I think the reason why it's been excellent is because every day, Reese, I love you. You're doing a good job. Keep pushing. You can do whatever you want to do. I, this is how I talk to my kids daily. Like, if I'm talking to Reese right now, good job, Reese. Like, keep working hard. I'm proud of you. I love you. How are you doing today? You know what I mean? Anything I can do for you, you know? Mental health starts now. That's what a lot of people don't realize. So I'm molding their mental health. I work in the mental health field for going on 13 years, and a lot of the and a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff that I see is when their child, when they're developing mentally, when that's broken, they can't come back from it. So if I'm talking to my kids right now, mm-hmm. I'm at I'm in front of my kids. Reese, good job. I love you. Keep striving. Keep working hard. Aaliyah, keep working hard. You want to be a dancer? Keep Whatever they want to do, I stroke their egos. And this mm-hmm. is what I do as a father every day. What, what advice would you give to a young dad who is um, struggling to find his footing, you know, having become a first-time parent? Um, for 
struggling as far as taking care of the child or struggling uh, just trying to figure out what am I doing? Um, let's go with the latter. Like, what am I doing? So for the first time father that is like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Um, my advice would be take a deep breath. <laughs> you got this as well. Um, it, it's nobody ever said it's going to be easy. Matter of fact, anything that comes good doesn't come in your comfort zone. So being a great father is not going to be easy. But take a deep breath. You can do it. Like you said, the instant's going to come to you. If you're willing to be a great father, you will be a great father. That's my advice to a young father. You want to be a great father, you will be a great father. You can't mess this up. You can't mess this up, especially when a kid is young, because time is everything. Money comes second when a kid is young. So just being a present father, being a father figure in your child's life, you won. You won. You won. So don't think that you're doing a bad job. There's no directions to this. Nobody's perfect. But you just strive at being the best you can be every day and you'll be fine. Listen, bro, I appreciate you very much. Thank thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your experience, the vulnerability. Um, yeah, and thank you for your word of, of counsel to that dad who might be trying to figure out what the heck he just got himself into. We've all been there and uh, we seem to be doing all right. So, you know, you'll be all right too, buddy.